welcome to episode 34 of the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we are all about going beyond programs, beyond best practices, and beyond curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and to explore the foundations for small groups that are organized to beat the devil and to produce disciples of Jesus Christ who in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries. And I'm Steve Manskar. And beginning July 1st of this year, I will be the new pastor of Trinity United Methodist Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, so today's episode's a really fun one, really, um, really deep one in some ways, at least emotionally deep. I think one of the things that I learned in 13 years of pastoral ministry was that a lot of people desire transformation. It, at least at a surface level, they they want their lives to change, whether a better marriage, um, a deeper relationship with Christ. At some level, they desire that. And I think that's the reason we see a prolif- proliferation. Am I saying that word, right word, the word there? Um, it's close enough, Scott. Self-help books, right? I saw one today, the, the 24 hour 24-hour transformation, right? We want our lives to change, and we want it now. <laughs> yeah. Right, and, and that's just not how that's life the works. the American way. That's his instant gratification. Um, but that, we know that's not how change works. And I think that in this episode, we'll see a much better model for what transformation, the requirements of transformation, what it looks like for a life free to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I think that's what we learned. Because you had the opportunity to interview Scott Kisker about the book Bands, which he and Kevin Watson wrote together. Yes, uh, I'm, I interviewed, um, and I introduced him in the interview, so I'm not, I don't need to say a lot more about, yeah. but uh, Scott Kisker, has, uh, he and Kevin Watson wrote a book together um, called The Band Meeting, published by Seedbed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a fo- sort of a follow-up to Kevin Watson's book, The Class Meeting. So these are two important small small group models that were part of the early Methodist societies. Um, and Scott has been a good friend of mine for uh, for many years. Okay. Uh, I first met Scott when he started teaching at uh, Wesley Theological Seminary, and he was. Uh, in charge of the covenant discipleship groups at Wesley. Ah. He had me come for, for a lot of years. I, he would have me come to Wesley the first Wednesday of the fall semester hmm. to give a lecture to the first year students who were gonna be forming their covenant discipleship groups that oh, are I required see. of all students at Wesley. And so they'd have me come to give a lecture on some of the theological, historical background, and then what it is and how it works. Mm. So just give them some good foundations as they begin then to write their covenants and start meeting and okay. covenant subject groups throughout the, the com- that semester. And then the they had to be in two consecutive semesters to get the academic credit. Um, so I always enjoyed that and was um, a little sad when Scott decided to leave Wesley. Sure and go to uh, where he is now, to United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. Um, So, yeah, Scott's a great guy, and I think you're going to enjoy the interview with him. Yeah, I know. I've had the chance to preview it, and it is exceptional. It made me sad that I've not met Scott yet. I look forward to one day. Well, I hope that happens someday. Um, 
you should join the Wesleyan Theological Society. And I would feel woefully inadequate, um, but yes, I should. Because he's always there. He's the past president of it. Okay. Um, and so the band meeting, the first, this first interview, <clears throat> it's a long interview, so we break it into two pieces. <clears throat> My voice is going away from me. Um, so the first, this first uh, installment of the interview, we'll be talking mostly about some of the history of the band meeting um, and its, its role in the Christian life, I think, is what we're, Scott's talking about. And so the band meeting is the first Methodist small group. Well, it predates right. the class right. meeting. That, which is an interesting historical point. Um, yeah. And Scott will talk about that. I'm not going to go into the depths of that. But but I will. It's important to know that the, 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 sort of the, the main scriptural basis for the mm-hmm. band meeting is um, James, the book of James, chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, and, and in particular the 16th verse. So I'm going to read those verses oh, okay. read for all our them. audience. Yeah. So James 5, 13 to 16. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. And this is the key verse for the band meeting. Therefore, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Hmm. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Yeah, I'm just gonna give an amen and let's roll right into the interview. Yep. So we're here at uh, the on the campus of Pentecostal Theological Seminary, where the annual meeting of the Wesleyan Theological Society is meeting today and tomorrow. And I'm here with my good friend um, Scott Kisker. Hello. Scott is professor of the history of Christianity at United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. Correct. And. We've asked Scott to be part of the podcast in this episode because he is a co-author of a new book that we've already talked about on the podcast called The Band Meeting that he co-wrote with a mutual friend, uh, Kevin Watson, Dr. Kevin Watson. Yep. So we're going to hear from Scott today. And, And the first question that, and the first thing I'd like Scott to talk about, because he is a historian. Um, give us some of the, the background or the history of the Methodist ba- band meeting. Uh, well, the, the Methodist band meeting uh, starts out as not a Methodist band meeting, um, but a Moravian band meeting. Mm-hmm. And the band meetings were instituted by the Moravians. Now, the Moravians were a group of Protestant refugees who found a sanctuary on the estate of uh, Count von Zinzendorf in Saxony, which is part of Germany. And this is a time when, uh, after the Thirty Years' War, and there are a lot of uh, religious groups who are finding themselves suddenly illegal 
and thus needing to find somewhere else to go. So uh, he offers them uh, space on his estate and they gather and, uh, and other refugees join. And it turns out when you uh, put a bunch of Christians together, they start to fight. Isn't that unusual? <laughs> so anyway, there's all kinds of tension as these different groups are, are coming together and trying to form community. Uh, Zinzendorf at this time is out. He's working for uh, the, the, uh, the elector of Saxony. So he's out in Dresden, you know, at court. He's, you know, like being a politician or whatever. But he realizes there's all this ferment on his, uh, in the community, on his estate. So he leaves that, comes back and meets with leaders and they decide to, to form a covenant with one another. And part of this covenant is these band meetings where um, men uh, or women in groups will confess their sins to each other. And that, um, I, uh, you know, I can't remember the, the, I think it was May, but... Um, by August, uh, 1727, I'm guessing, um, they had this kind of Pentecostal experience, they called it that, uh, and where they, quote, learn to love one another, some sort mm. of event in worship. And from that point on, the Moravians become this major force for mission uh, in the world. And when there were only 300 members of the community, they sent out their first missionaries. They were mm. the first Protestant missionaries. Mm. And uh, they sent out lay people as missionaries, which was, the, that was unheard of at that time. And these missionaries would go out and they would look for places of spiritual, you know, liveliness in different uh, parts of the world. And one of the places they found it was in England, mm -hmm. among the religious societies group. And... They were the ones who uh, taught Wesley about the new birth and um, were active in his experience of, uh, of, uh, of a strangely warmed heart. And then he and they formed a joint society, what we think of as kind of the first kind of Methodist society, Fetter Lane Society, uh, which... Yeah, that was in London. In London. Yeah. And so, and, and the... the the structure of this first Methodist society was the small group was the band meeting. And we think of class meetings as being the sort of foundational uh, group of Methodism. And it, it was that. It certainly became that, but they hadn't been invented yet. Uh, so at this stage, the band meeting is the so first. So the band meeting is the first Methodist small group. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's the first Methodist small group. And they continued in England. Um, they also, in even in American, in urban areas, they were, um, they happened and were encouraged. Uh, um, in rural areas, it became less uh, possible, uh, in, you know, to have two meetings because you everybody was a member by this point. Everybody, the class meeting is constitutive of what it means to be Methodist. Your membership is actually housed in your class meeting. Mm -hmm. So and the and the class meeting is a place where people uh, watch over one another in love, and they're a, you know a little less intense than a band meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, you're asked, you know, how's it with your soul, and people talk about their experiences of God. Uh, those were required to be weekly. In urban areas, you might have uh, band meetings, which were always voluntary. So class meetings were not voluntary. Right. Yeah. 
for members. That was your membership. Band meetings were always voluntary for people who had experienced the new birth. Mm-hmm. Class meetings for anybody who wanted to flee the wrath to come, anybody who was a seeker who wanted to know God. Band meetings were for people who had um, experienced a new birth but wanted to go deeper mm-hmm. and wanted to experience uh, deeper levels of sanctification. This was, this was a discipline to help you open deeper areas of your life, deeper areas of inbred, you know, sin, your pet sins, whatever they are, to the grace of God uh, in community with, with other brothers or sisters. Mm-hmm. So it's usually about three or four people, whereas a band could be up to, a tw- uh, class could be up to 12. Yeah. So these are smaller groups. Smaller groups, single sex. Uh, they involve five questions that you answered every week. First one was, what sins have you committed since we last met? Second question is, um, how have you been tempted? Third question was, how were you delivered? Because if you weren't delivered, you'd have answered that one in there. You'd have covered that in the first question. Because <laughs> not being delivered means you'd actually committed it. Fourth question is, is there something you're not sure about, whether it's a sin? And uh, the fifth one is, which is the, the total kicker, was, you know, have you nothing you desire to keep secret? So, um, you know, basically this was uh, disciplining Methodists to walk in the light as he is in the light mm-hmm. and allow and have fellowship with one another and mm-hmm. let the blood of Jesus cleanse them from all sin. So that's that's the promise in First John and, you know, that and, you know, uh, the passage in James that says, confess your sins one another yeah, that you might be I healed. Gonna, I was about to say. That's, that, was the, that was the foundational... Uh, uh, aspects of these of this your sins to one another that you may be healed yep that's what it's all about yep yeah. and walk in the light as he is in the light yeah yeah you know that's first John so did the band meeting have a leader no not in the same way that a class meeting did okay it, it did not leadership um, uh, I, I think as the rules of the band meeting read the 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 person who goes first thus designated the leader, <laughs> but that can change, right? I mean, so there's no, it's uh, very much uh, priesthood of all believer, believers. Uh, you know, you, you are acting as a priest to your brother. In, my, in what, If we were in a band, that would be the case. And, mm-hmm. and they're acting as, you know, priest to you. Uh, and for women, obviously, same, same thing applies. Uh, it's, very unhierarchical, which makes sense because FYI, we're all sinners. <laughs> so we got we got yeah. that going for yeah. us. <laughs> right. So was there a um, like a, a time constraint constraint for the meetings? Um, you know, I think there were usually an hour. I mean, my band meeting we reserved two hours. Because we sin a lot, basically. So you know, there's only there's only uh, four of us, but we we use that whole time, <laughs> half hour each. Um, plus, we drink a lot of coffee. Uh, but yeah, so you know, you, you, technically they used to be kind of thought of to be an hour, and that's why you just have three or you know three, maybe four people, and more than two. Keep you keep you honest. Yeah. Uh, but never more than five. Okay. 
And I don't know how you'd get through it in one hour with five people. I mean, unless you were already super yeah. holy. <laughs> so, and then what you know what happens in in these meetings, at least in our meeting, and uh, is somebody goes first, and they the the agenda of the meeting is those five questions, and you just answer them. So, do you are you all just sitting there waiting for someone to go first, or is is there any agreed upon? There's no agreed upon, but we don't, you know. We all know we have to go, so it doesn't it doesn't actually help you out at all to like wait, you know. Uh, to be honest, you know, I mean, nobody. I, I never want to go to band meeting. Like it's never, you know. I'm always, you know, it's always it's always something your flesh is going to grate against, because it means, you know, revealing what a scuzzball you are, right? So who wants to do that? Nobody. Um, but once you're there and, uh, and if you, you know, if you've been doing it for, you know, with, with a group of guys or women, um, for a while, my wife's band meeting meets usually at our house. So, um, you know, it, you, you know, it's something you've got to do. So remaining silent just makes this thing last longer. You know, you just rip the Band-Aid off, all right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we don't have any... I mean, it's a different person who goes first every week. And then, you know, as people are talking, you, uh, you know, you ask questions. A lot of times people are overly hard on themselves for no good reason. Sometimes they're playing the victim, uh, self-justify. You know, there's all sorts of things that we help one another to... To try to have an accurate picture of reality mm -hmm. and then to allow the grace of God in there. So if you, you go through, you answer the five questions. And then one of us, uh, well, all of us will lay hands on them. And one of us will pray for them. And um, by the end of that, we'll pronounce their absolution. Mm -hmm. Usually with a word of scripture, like I said before, like, you know, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, you know, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. In the name of Jesus Christ, my brother, you are forgiven. Mm -hmm. And then it's the next person's turn. And um, it, it's very powerful, actually. Well, I can imagine it is. I... Yeah. So, and I've been in a band for, since 2002. What, what year are we on now? 18? 18. 18. So 16 years I've been participating in these. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely revolutionized, changed my piety, my understanding of the grace of God. So you said that you never want to go to the meeting. You make yourself go to the meeting. Yeah. And how do you feel at the end of the meeting? Oh, I'm not so so glad I was there. Yeah. I mean, you're... you're what happens here is your sin is actually met. So most of us spend our times creating a self we think others will love. Mm -hmm. You know, like your Facebook self. Get as many likes as you can. Yeah. And we do that. I mean, we've always done that, right? The reason Facebook is so successful is that they're just, you know, making yeah. bigger what we all do all the time, right? right? I right. present to you the sides of myself that I think you'll like 
But the problem, or or even some version of myself that I know is not completely true that I think you will like. And the problem with that, of course, is that we, while you may like that person, the person you think I am, I know that you don't actually know me. Yeah. And therefore, I also know that you don't actually love me. Yeah. So I'm alone and unknown. Mm-hmm. And we can, you know, when, you know, when we have the experience of the new birth and justification, we've, we, when we, we, we finally realize we're known and loved by God at some, at some level um, and forgiven for everything that's been in the past. But Wesley was so, the Methodist movement was so wise, I think. Uh, there's a, a line in the, uh, somewhere, Wesley talks about, you know, um, people think that the sinful nature is knocked out when they accept Christ as their Savior. But then they gradually learn that there is some deeply rooted stuff there. Mm-hmm. That's actually, there's some woundedness, some brokenness, some pet sins, um, and that people needed a place to bring that out of the shadows um, so that it can, it can be exposed to, to grace and, and they can begin to experience healing in those places that, that as long, you know, because as long as we're hiding in the bushes like Adam and Eve, covering ourselves with fig leaves, we are, we are easy pickings for the devil. <laughs> this is a way to, to, yeah, to walk in the light more and more as much as you can stand it. And like for that last question where we uh, asked the question, you know, is there nothing you desire to keep secret? There's a lot of, the Holy Spirit will bring up a bunch of stuff uh, over time. Like not, you may think you have none and then suddenly you realize, wow, as you're over time gradually allowing yourself to be more and more known, you realize, wow, there is something, some area of shame in my life that that I thought was over or I thought wasn't bothering me or wasn't when, and it really is there. And I don't want to, I really don't want to admit that this ever happened to me because sometimes it's being sinned against or I don't want to admit having done this thing even. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we allow the, the answer to that fifth question to be yes and let it drop. Um, now, eventually over time, It'll probably come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the point is to at least take a step into the light. The point of the Bambi, the, the only rule of the Bambi is just don't lie. Hmm. It's, it's, it's better to say, I have something, I've done something this week that I'm so ashamed of I can't tell you, than it is to say, no, I'm good. Because hmm. yeah. then you're constructing a false self that will keep you in prison. Well, I'll say that just listening to this first half of the interview, probably even like about halfway into this first part of the interview, um, Scott had me convinced. He had me hooked. I, I was ready to sign up. Where's the nearest band meeting I can get into? I mean, the, he sold it for me. Um, I, I was really, really impressed. And, you know, for some reason, the, the movie The Fight Club came to mind. You know, there's only, how, how does that rule go? There's oh, no only rules. Only one rule. 
There's only one rule that you don't talk about the Fight Club, oh, that's right? What it was. Yeah, I did not get into that movie much, although I did watch it twice to see if I can understand it. I still didn't understand it. But the one rule he mentioned was, don't lie. Don't lie. Right, and there's such freedom in that when you're willing to be, as y'all talk a lot about, about being vulnerable with one another, right? And and you have to do do some risk of laying of laying out before everybody the one thing we don't do well, which is here I am. And all yeah. my faults. Yeah. Right. In order for deeper transformation to happen, that's what's required is that level of vulnerability. Right. And that's that's one one of the things that I took away from this this first part of the interview was just how needed this is. Um, because, uh, as you said, everybody else is just as messed up as we are. We we learned that. <laughs> right. I mean, um, the, I'll say this. I'll give one quote that I thought was to me the most impactful, where he says, "I need." supernatural power, the power of grace, to say one decent action without immediate relationship and activity of the Holy Spirit, I'm toast. And then he went on to say that most Methodists think they're fine, and and that's a lie. And I, I think that's very true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. It's sad reality, but it's true. Yeah. And that if we're going to get deeper, if we're going to make disciples for the transformation of the world, it's going to require at least some people to be in a band. Yeah. And, and, and as Wesley learned, the band meeting is, it's, it's not, not everyone's ready for this. <laughs> no, you know, the band meeting no, was no. for the people who have experienced, um, justifying justification. Mm -hmm. They've surrendered their lives to Jesus and accepted that new relationship with God initiated by God. And, we are, and, and the grace that God gives us to accept that, that forgiveness and then to live into it. Yeah. And that's what the band meeting is designed to do is to help us live into that forgiveness um, and to, you know, to meet with um, brothers or sisters in Christ mm -hmm. to confess our sins to one another and to be totally transparent. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's what real love, you know, it's about training people to love the way God loves. Yeah, and and it requires a, a, a great level of vulnerability and sacrifice. Right, just yeah. like real love means being willing, being vulnerable, yep. and trusting your beloved. Yeah, well, there's a lot more we could say about this yes. first one, but um, I'm really excited about the next one, so we're going to go ahead and just end this one here. Um, and so, uh, again, we want to invite people to give us reviews. People have been pretty good about giving us some, some positive feedback on iTunes. Please continue to do that. That helps others find us. Um, please connect with us on Facebook, email. You can find our email addresses on our website, umcdiscipleship.org. You can find me on Twitter, at Rev Scott's Tweets, and also at UMC Adult Form for adult formation. And I'm on Twitter at at S Manskar, at S-M-A-N-S-K-A-R. So we look forward to connecting with you. And until next time, peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org. <laughs>